0: Like the office they commemorate, presidential libraries are living institutions. Certainly, it is my hope that the Reagan Library will become a dynamic intellectual forum where scholars interpret the past and policymakers debate the future.
1: Welcome to a Reagan Forum, hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. The Center for Public Affairs offers lectures and forums presenting perspectives on important public policy issues of the day. From politicians, authors, members of the media, business and military leaders, and more. In this week's Reagan Forum podcast, we go back to our in-person event, which was in conjunction with our special exhibition, Auschwitz, Not Long Ago, Not Far Away. No book, no podcast, nor history lesson can prepare you for the power and impact this collection of artifacts holds. On a train to Auschwitz, 17-year-old Heinz Geringer told his sister Ava that he hid the paintings and poetry he created during his time in hiding beneath the attic floorboards. Heinz made Ava promise if he should die in the camps that she would retrieve his artwork. Ava did survive the camps, and Heinz did not. After the war, Ava became the posthumous sister of Anne Frank when her mother married Anne's father. Heinz's story sits in the shadow of the better-known Diary of Anne Frank. Director Steve McCarthy and producer Susan Kerner created a documentary called Ava's Promise to introduce the world to Heinz and to share his sister's efforts to find and share his remarkable legacy. They came to the Reagan Library on August 8th, 2023 to screen the film and then share their thoughts about the project. Today's Reagan Forum podcast is of that conversation. Let's listen. Well, first, thank you for that beautiful movie and tribute you made for Heinz. It's pretty remarkable. So my first question is, um, what brought Ava and ultimately Heinz's story to both of your attention?
2: Should I start?
0: Yes, but first, thank you guys. This thank is a fantastic. And thank you for coming. Thank it's you. all about the audience. We, we're doing it for you guys. And this is a, a really important facility and, and you do such great work and you continue the, um, the legacy of the great president, Ronald thank Reagan. You. So it's Really, thank you. Um, yeah, why don't you start, Susan? Oh, your mic? my mic. uh <laughs> yeah, Hang on All just right. a um,
2: It started, my relationship with Eva started because in um, 1994, I directed a production of The Diary of Anne Frank at, at George Street Playhouse in, in New Jersey. And to prepare for that, I went to Amsterdam to the Anne Frank house and talked to them. Um, uh, about Anne Frank's history, and they told me that Anne Frank's boyfriend from before the war was living in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, his name was Ed Silverberg, and he, when he was 16 and Anne was 12, they became friends just before both of them went into hiding. Um, so he came in, into rehearsals and talked with the actors. It was extremely meaningful, um, and. Uh, We did the production, and after that, I was asked to commission a play about two surviving friends of Anne Frank, with Anne Frank at the center of it, that would tour schools. And I already knew Ed Silverberg, Anne Frank's boyfriend, and so I looked for someone who would whose story would contrast with his. And Ed had been in hiding throughout the war, but hadn't um, hadn't been to a concentration camp. So I was looking for a woman who was connected to Anne Frank in some way, who had um, been in a concentration camp, and the Anne Frank Center in New York introduced me to Eva. And I flew to London, and um, she agreed to do it, and that was in 1995. And the, the play um, continues to tour all over the world. I've done 11 productions of it, and um, the last one was in 2016, the 20th anniversary of it. Eva um, often has been involved. Um, so that was my relationship. That's been my relationship with her. We've been friends and um, colleagues for 28 years.
1: So let's talk about the documentary itself. Yeah. Um, can you both share the process of putting this together? How long did it take? Any of that kind of information?
0: Well, Go ahead. Susan called me in August of 21. And I had just come off an HBO film, which was very successful. And she said, I got another film for you. And I said, OK. And it was about a Holocaust survivor. So I knew how important this was going to be. And then she said the magic words, I have some funding. (laughs) So we we were able, with a small amount, I brought my sons over to London. And um, it was during COVID. And it was about the Omicron thing was about to happen. So we realized that we, we couldn't do anything else with Eva but sit in her apartment and interview her. So we interviewed her for 12 hours. Um, with two HD uh, 4K cameras, and it turned out we really, really got a tremendous— she was unbelievably um, uh, well-spoken and her memory was great and things like that. We had set out to make a half-hour educational film, but when we returned with the material and we stopped in Amsterdam as well— um, we realized we had more than that. We had, a, we had an hour, um, so we began to, to, to put that together. We rushed it because we wanted to bring it back to Eva to show her, which we did in January. Uh, so then we shot a little bit more when we were in Europe again. We, we, we played it with the uh, Anne Frank House uh, a special screening. And so this now is one of the first screenings of the quote second version of it, which is quite different. There's another character, we move some things around. So, uh, so it was, it's been a long run. It's been two years, which isn't that long really in documentary uh, land. But it's been great, and it's been great working with Susan because she has no experience in documentary film, but she's a natural. She took (laughs) right to it. Uh, What was great is she had this relationship with Eva. There was trust there Mm -hmm. that I could walk into her apartment and get her to open up. Uh, She also has... a. Facts, Knows everything about Eva's story and Anne Frank's story, so she's an incredible fact checker and resource. And finally, her heart is in this, mm-hmm. which is which really helped to, to have a partner like that. So, so together we made this this, and we've been showing it around, but um, and getting great, great, great feedback on it.
1: As you should.
2: Thank
0: you.
1: And what, so you showed it to Eva. What was her reaction? Did she feel like her promise
2: had been fulfilled? That's exactly how she feels. That she Amazing. can really be at peace because this was her task to share her brother's story and now she feels like it, it's been done. That's so meaningful to her and to us that we helped her with that.
0: When she first met me, she sat me down and told me uh, there were two people who had tried to do things with her and didn't complete them. And she said, you know, she looked at me and said, get it done,
1: and hurry. I was like, yes, ma'am. You really did her an honor. Um, I mentioned this in the green room. Um, Seeing the footage, both of Hines on the bicycle, um, as well as the footage that they believe was
2: of them getting on trains. Yeah, how do you come across that footage? Well, the, the footage of, of Anne Frank. First, I think the first time it appeared, um, it was in a documentary about um, about Anne Frank in 1995. So that has been out there for a while but um, the Heinz's participation in it was recent. Even in the last few years, somebody sent Eva the whole film, um, not just the little clip with Anne Frank, and she realized that her brother was in it too. He just happened to be in the same place at at the same time where this wedding was being filmed. Uh, It was somebody connected with the wedding who was filming it and years later realized that Anne Frank was leaning out of her window. Yeah what an incredible film And, and Heinz was riding by. Yeah so it's the only existing film of both of Heinz and of Anton. So
1: one of the things that struck me in watching the film was how close Ava and Heinz were. Um, my parents are in the audience, they can attest, my sister and I not so much when we were kids. <laughs> um, can, you, can you talk about their relationship? Was there, were there stories or things that Ava shared with you that might not have made it to the documentary?
0: Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, they were very close. Um, you know, again, you can imagine being in that situation. You're uprooted from your homeland. You're going to another place. Who do you have but your family? And it seems like too Heinz was a. And I hope we accomplished this show that he was a very, very tender, very intelligent, very sweet young guy, too. So I, I think for to be an older brother, he's probably a. Uh, for what a young girl would want as an older brother, right? So I think that he was a very special individual. I I think he wasn't just an average person. Uh, And that's what I hope we conveyed in this film, too, is that he was different. He wasn't the same.
2: One of the stories that she mentioned recently to me is that Heinz was a big reader, and she was not. As a child, she was very athletic. He was very intellectual and... Creative, and he used to read to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she hadn't read books on her own because Heinz always read the books to oh, her, wow. um, even you know up through being a teenager. Actually, I, I brought the book with me. This is Eva's first book. She she wrote three books, and um, it's available on Amazon. And it, it tells the whole story of their relationship and and the family story. There's much more in this than in, in the mm-hmm. film. Oh, in well, the, thank you for bringing that book. Sure.
1: Um, so I'm sure as everyone watched the documentary, there were different pieces that moved them differently. Um, the poem at the end for me, um, but just as strong at the, as the poem was when um, Ava says, when the families have to go into the hiding and the father says to her, splitting up is the right thing to do because um, we have more chances to survive. And she says that's when she finally realized that this was a life and death situation. Mm-hmm. Um, What was it like talking with her about that? Was it hard for her to talk about that?
0: Well, she was amazing because I actually stopped her in the middle of the whole interview, and I said that you're not really getting emotional here. But she said, I've said this so many times that I feel like I'm talking about somebody else. Um, But for me, the biggest thing was the part when her father couldn't protect her anymore. I have four children. I'm a dad. And uh, that to me was, Mm -hmm. can you imagine being a father and telling your children, I can't protect you anymore. So I think everybody probably had their own moments in that film, but that was mine.
1: Yeah, and so speaking about, you know, moments that stopped you, um, when Otto comes over with Anne's diary Mm -hmm. and shares it with the mom and Ava, um, did you talk any more with Ava than what we saw in the documentary about what that was like to actually have that diary and to know what it then became?
2: I think that's one of the most important moments in the film and and you can it go it goes by very quickly that um, it was the reading of the diary mm. that made her remember that she had a task and mm. that she needed to get heinz's paintings so it was it was really auto reading it that made her determined to go get those paintings so
0: it's- and remember we have twelve hours of this so what our plan is eventually is to um, get this on a streamer or somewhere pBS and then to Um, have it as an educational resource for uh, teachers and things, but also to take that 12 hours and get it to Shoah or somewhere that can keep it, or maybe several places, Yad Vashem in Israel, that can keep it in in, in perpetuity so that it's a record, it's a testimony Mm -hmm. really of 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 eyewitness to this stuff. And it's 12 hours and it's 4K. So we're hoping that it lives forever.
1: Mm. Um, I loved when she said, you know, that her father talked about the importance of having children so that your legacy lives on. And she basically said, I want to live to have children to carry on this legacy. Um, she had three girls. The very end, after the credits, I appear that this must have been some of her family. Yes. Um, so, how much of her family did you meet? Did you get to talk to the family? We, what was that? I've like? met
2: um, most of the family, and, and um, yeah, which has been an honor o- over the years. but. Um, quite importantly, right now, she's expecting a 1st great grandchild oh, in three weeks. Oh, that's wonderful. Her, da- her daughter Jackie's daughter Lisa. In London as well? In London. Oh, All of her daughters live in London, and the grandchildren too, and so Lisa will have a daughter uh, really <laughs> in three weeks. So,
1: More from our Reagan Forum on Ava's Promise after this message.
3: The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself, and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org slash give. That's reaganfoundation.org slash give.
1: Now back to our Reagan form on Ava's Promise. Um, so my last question, and then we're going to turn to the audience. Um, your documentary did spend some time talking about the world today. It was, um, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not remembering her name, but the author, The Long Brown Hair, mm-hmm. she talks about rising anti-Semitism. Um, the woman from who runs the um, museum yeah. talked about the change in world politics. Why is it important for people to watch this documentary? What do you hope that people will learn from it?
0: Well, it is a rising uh, time of rising anti-Semitism. We're seeing an uptick on attacks. It happened right when we were filming mm-hmm that the uh, ADL report came out and showed this sharp rise of hate. And you know, hate sells um, for some reason. People um, are vulnerable to being sold some sort of hate. So we feel that this is a very important film. Again, it's the testimony of a survivor, testimony of somebody who can tell you what the hate did to her family. Um, so we're hoping that this film becomes an educational tool for teachers all over the world to use, to talk about when this hate takes us over and the implications of it for individuals and for families. And it's really about families, the film, too, not the Frank family, but the Geringer family, and what this kind of hate can do. So we're hoping that, and we're thrilled that you have us here again, and you have the Auschwitz show, and I think President Reagan was somebody who fought hate Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and was and, and obviously brought the wall down almost uh, as one person if it is one person who probably had the biggest impact on it, so it 's all an effort to just try, and what else can we do? you know I make films that 's what I do. Susan yeah. does plays we, we, we you know this is what we do, so we think it 's a good cause. we think it 's a worthy thing to do is to just point this out, keep this story alive. Uh, there are people who um, you know when these people go away are going to be saying it didn 't happen. Mm-hmm. you know, the the deniers. So so we have this proof, uh, this testimony that's important.
1: Very well said. Um, So we're going to turn to the audience. Um, We do ask that you raise your hand so we can bring a microphone to you. Um, We are recording this, and the only way to hear your question is if you say it into a microphone, and we're going to start in the back there.
2: Hi. um, Thank you so much for this wonderful film. Um, I think it was great. Did Ava, share any kind of resentment that when Otto and her mother were um, publishing Anne's diary and making all this, that nothing was said about her brother's paintings and his poetry? Would have been a perfect time to do both. Um, I'm not sure it's resentment, but it did did make her sad. Um, And um, Fritzi, her mother, was so devoted to Otto, they had a wonderful marriage for 27 years, and um, it, it, it was certainly a hard on Eva, um, but I, I think that he was, he was very single-minded about telling Ann's story and remembering Ann, and um, I, I think she knew there would be time for her to be able to tell Heinz's story, too, but it was tough on her.
1: Are there any other questions? This one right here. That was very moving to have the grandson read his granduncle's poetry. What was there, at least two or three? How have they been involved uh, with Ava in helping her get this message out about her brother, and have they helped you with the play that you do, and are you doing it again near this area? The play? The play of Anne Frank that she helped with. The
2: play
0: continues was, the to play come. The play
2: continues, yeah. and I would love to do it in this area. I haven't directed it for a while, but um, I, that's something I would love to go back to. Um, but
0: Eric was great. He was. Um, it was yeah. one of those moments for me when I'm, you know, I filmed a lot of things and everything. But while you're doing it, you're like, wow, I'm he's, like I'm hearing heights here. He, you know, I, he looks like him a little bit, and and he's, he's got the British accent. It's I'm like when I'm recording him, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a very smart thing we just did. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was really great to have him there. But then we had Eva read the final one, which was a real mm-hmm. a tearjerker, um, and, and, and he, she did she did a great the, job um, on it. Oh, sorry. Go
2: <laughs> um, we're going to open it in New York, and in, in um, January and Eric will come over and, oh, and join us for um, for the opening. So we're very excited about that too. And just a little story that um, I, I see in the audience, an actor a friend who um, we did before, right before we did um, the film, we did a Zoom play. Mm-hmm. And um, Andrew, you want to stand up for a minute? So Andrew <laughs> played Hines. Oh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, and the interesting story is he, he played Heinz, and we did a Zoom play, and um, two readings we did, and we sent it to Eva, and she absolutely fell in love with Andrew playing Heinz. She felt that. Um, he really channeled Heinz. I think we're going to turn
1: off your lab and hand you the handheld. Oh, oh sorry. Now you're good. Okay. <laughs> um,
2: and so we, when we talked about doing a film, Um, she kept insisting, as Andrew knows, (laughs) Andrew has to play Heinz. And and then we gradually moved, you know, Steve was absolutely right to make it a documentary, and then that was not a place for actors, but it took us about a year to convince Eva <laughs> that um, we weren't going to have actors, we actually were going to be able use to them. Use grandson. <laughs> yeah. well, we're but. sorry, you're behind the pole back there. Thank yes. you for coming. But they, they established a very nice relationship. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. During that time, that was really amazing.
1: Thank you for joining us. There was a question, um, like second or third row back, up in the front over here, the gentleman in the black shirt.
3: Hi, thanks so much for sharing your film. Um, could you give us a little more
0: update on the current state of your plans for wider distribution for the film? Yeah, we're, we're ta- we actually, this version is the one we're, we're now taking to distributors, finally, uh, after two years. And uh, we have some interest in it right now. Um, if it goes to PBS, there'll be another international sale that will happen because of that. I have some international... Um, uh, distributors that will take it if it gets on a PBS. There's a couple of streamers who are looking at it right now. It's a hard market right now. Um, it's also hard f- for what they call a one-off. Everybody's looking for series now. And this is more of a traditional documentary. So it's not easy to sell these things. Uh, so we're we're, ho- we're hopeful. Um, but, again, the original mission was to make it an educational project. So if that's all that happens, if we can get it into schools and things like that and, and groups and places like this, then, then we've, we've accomplished what we set out to do. But the hope is that it gets on PBS National, that it gets on one of the streamers. Uh, and I have some experience in, at PBS and HBO and other places like that. So, but, again, it's, it's really tough. So, you know, uh, say a prayer for us. <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: going to
2: go right there. I was very impressed with Eva's tenacity to push the bell again when she wanted to find the paintings. She said she got turned down the first time. And I think that's a very, I mean her tenacity of everything, but that was just so impressive to me because if she hadn't, if they just walked away and left it at that, that these people turned her down, that we never would have mm-hmm. had these beautiful paintings and poems. It's true. So I I'm was impressed. She's very tenacious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> She's very tenacious. And, yeah. yeah.
0: And think about the fact that too, she was probably 17 when that happened, when she did that. And think about the fact that Heinz was 16 or 17 when he created all this stuff. Mm-hmm. These were two extraordinary young people, um, which I think is one of the reasons why we want to get it to other young people too, is to inspire them. To create, inspire them to be tough like her. Inspire, I think. So I, I, we're hopeful that a lot of young people can see this this film because it's really about young people.
2: One of the things that um, Eva says about she feels that the relevance now because teenagers, all of us, um, were um, not in hiding but um, kind of secluded over the last few years during the pandemic and. Um, we can relate to, um, our kids should be able to relate to Heinz's feelings of isolation um, because of what people have gone through the last few years. And her message is that he was in isolation, but he was incredibly productive. Um, he didn't, he, he felt that he would have a future, and so he educated himself. He learned to paint, he learned to write poetry, he learned languages, he learned Italian while he was in hiding. And Amazing guy. Yeah, (laughs) one eye, yeah. Amazing. We have time for about two more questions. We're going to go right back here.
1: Hi, I don't know if this will count as two questions or not, but um, I hope not. I hope somebody else still gets it. (laughs) Um, I'd have a question. I know a lot of people I've heard that were survivors didn't want to talk about it for so long and finally did come out years and years later.
2: Were there support groups for the survivors, and did she participate in any support groups, or don't you know that? That's a very good question that there would be now yeah. but but I I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I think collectively people just wanted to put this thing behind them. I know that where I grew up uh, in Brooklyn that, that my mother has told me that pe men died in every corner every 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 street and that nobody wanted to brag about surviving it or what they did there. It was a different culture after World War II, too. People weren't wasn't all about me type thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it was really hard. But she really, you know, kept it inside of her and had night terrors because of it. But when it when she started to come out, they they left. So it's a real interesting example of you know talk about stuff, right? Get it out. Start talking. Now she's at the point where we recorded her. She didn't have any emotions about it at all because she had done it so much. Uh, there was only one moment I think where she got kind of teary in the whole in the whole thing. So. So I just think it was a different time and it was such a worldwide horrible thing that happened. It was just tough for for people to to do that. Can you imagine? I mean, it's just, it's unimaginable what you saw.
1: I saw, yeah, right over here.
3: Thank you so much for that heartwarming presentation. I've been looking online and I'm wondering if there's a compilation available of Heinz's artwork and poems. Mm -hmm. I saw, I think it was Dr. Tammy Weiss and I've been trying to get in touch with her, but I was wondering if someone could help me um, find uh, a compilation of his work. There
2: was a book written, actually. Andrew has a copy of it, and and I have a copy of it. There are very few. We have, um, there was some problem with the the publishing. It was published for um, Eva's um, 90th birthday, and um, some issue with it. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but they are, impounded somewhere, the copies of this book. And um,
0: there are 26 poems, right? Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: But there, maybe there's another opportunity. Are they on
1: the internet at all? Not, not even a published book, but they're not. No.
2: no. But that's a possible, and we have the mm-hmm. poems. We have that book. Maybe there's another possibility for somebody to publish the, the poems and the paintings. Mm. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, I do see a lot of hands, but we are out of time. I want to thank you both so much for sharing this amazing documentary with us so we could get to know Ava Hines better. So thank you. For us. To find a listing of all upcoming events, including other events associated with our Auschwitz exhibit programming, please visit ReaganFoundation.org events. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Until next week, thanks for listening. God bless you.
3: Don't forget to subscribe to A Reagan Forum podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of A Reagan Forum come out every Thursday. Like what you hear? Check out our Words to Live By podcast featuring radio addresses and speeches Ronald Reagan delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.